Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach. I have a fantastic interview today. I'm I'm seriously super excited to talk to uh, David Etheridge. He is a co-founder, co-creator, one of the really smart people in technology. Uh, He lives down in the Tampa area. He brings more than 18 years of product and business development experience from Disney Interactive, Hasbro Interactive, and MicroProse Software. So he knows something about (laughs) creativity with that that resume. And um, we're going to be talking today about Savvy Card. And uh, David is Savvy Card's primary evangelist and is heavily involved in building strategic relationships with key third-party technology and service providers. He's appeared on a number of podcasts and radio programs focused on referral marketing and online advertising technology. He's also a, a TEDx speaker on the trust economy. As I said, he's active in the Tampa Bay St. Pete entrepreneurial community as an instructor, mentor, and advocate. So, David, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Jim. Really uh, excited to have the opportunity to, to chat with you and to, you know, and to share, you know, share what we've learned um, in our business with your audience. That is quite a resume. Um, Disney Interactive, Hasbro, I mean, those aren't little startup companies. <laughs> when, <laughs> when, how long did you work for those companies? When, tell me a little bit about your background. Yeah, I was with Disney for a little over a year, and then I went to Hasbro, um, well, MicroProse for about seven or eight years, and uh, and then Hasbro for five or six years. So I was maybe 13, 14 years in the computer game industry. And, the, the you know, I learned a lot about software development and, um, you know, how to how to make good products and how to, how to sell and market them. But the biggest thing I learned was that, you know, sort of the corporate world was just not a good fit for me. And, you know, I'm old enough that when I was in college, we didn't have entrepreneurship programs, right? Mm. You, you know, it, it, you just took business classes. And, and then if you wanted to go off and start a business, you had to, you know, there, there wasn't this, uh, this sort of capital economy where you could go out and raise funds from other people. That was very, very, you know, rare and difficult to do. And I'm really jealous of kids today who, you know, can go take courses in entrepreneurship. And from day one coming out of college, they know that, they want to build businesses and they've got the resources to do it. But um, after 14, 13, 14 years in corporate America, you know, I, I sort of got bit by the entrepreneurship bug and, and then started start, started founding my own company. I'm, I'm thrilled that kids today even know that there is a, another route other than going to college, getting a job and working for 60 years or, or more, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's sort of fascinating, right? Um, 10 years ago, there were a handful of entrepreneurship programs in the United States. Today, pretty much every major college, you know, has, has a significant entrepreneurship program. And so we're churning out from our, from secondary education, more new entrepreneurs, you know, every month than, you know, 10 years ago than we were generating, you know, every year or two or three years. Right. So 
all those entrepreneurs are coming up with new ideas for businesses, which means that there's an extraordinary economy around entrepreneurship that's that's emerging today that's never been seen before in any any anywhere in the world. I'm curious, what did you go to college for? <laughs> Musical theater. <laughs> it's, it's, it's usually very, very focused or has nothing to do with what you end up doing, right? <laughs> well, okay, so I grew up on a, in, in West Texas on a, on a cotton farm. And uh, I realized pretty early on, you know, that all the guys were, you know, playing football. And, um, you know, the, 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 the girls weren't playing football, right? They were, they were in theater or band or something else. And so I, you know, I, I, I sort of went off and, and got involved in theater because, you know, that's, that's where all the girls were. And um, when, I got into, when I got into college, you know, I realized that um, I really loved performing, like standing up in front of an audience and either doing, um, you know, the theatrical productions or, you know, public speaking or what have you. And, uh, you know, took a degree in musical theater and then went to California to Hollywood to try to make it as an actor right out of college. And after two years of struggling there, I ended up in, in, in interactive software. So the, uh, the, the musical theater degree actually is really a good degree for entrepreneurship because it teaches you how to stand up in front of an audience and, and, and communicate with them. I mean, I, I've never tried to sing in a pitch, but I could if I had to. But the bottom line is you're not afraid of getting up in front of people and and performing for them. And that's, that's what you're doing when you're pitching to, you know, to get capital. It's exactly right. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm um, excited for your answer because, you know, your, your college has given you the skill that so many entrepreneurs lack, first of all, which is confidence in general, but the, as you say, the ability to get in front of a group and um, which is a turning point for a lot of companies going from one to one to one to many, you know, in, in your marketing and presentation. So I stand corrected on that, but how did you get involved with like Disney interactive and Hasbro? Is that interactive? Is that, you know, their gaming division and, and things like it is. that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here's, here's the funny thing. I, I, I went to uh, California right around 1990, 91 when computer games were really in their infancy. Like when I joined Disney, we had just created a product called the Sound Source, and it was the first peripheral that allowed games to have sound, right? Because people, you know, people who are my age, you're like 50, um, you'll remember that some of the first computer products, right, games and any, anything, right, they didn't have sound, right? They, it, you might have beeps and stuff that, that the program would make to let you know you'd done something wrong. But, but, you know, kids today grow up with these, these products that have video and audio and, you know, you know, voice tutorials and games that are, you know, full 3D, you know, interactive, immersive experiences. But back then, games were really simple, right? And so uh, there, was, there was not a, you know, there wasn't like a structured industry around creating computer games. And so it was the very beginning of that, of that, you know, that industry. And now it's a multi-billion dollar industry. People go to college and trade schools to learn how to be computer game designers. But um, again, the performance background with theater was perfect because games were just beginning to incorporate video and audio. And so you, you needed to write scripts for the games and then have people do voice, you know, record voice acting and stuff like that. So 
Um, so it, it was interesting. I, I, you know, once I realized that I wasn't going to make it as an actor, um, you know, in Hollywood, I, I realized that the, the next sort of marketplace for performance, right. Was going to be, you know, video and, and audio production in computer games. And so that's, that's how I got in with Disney interactive. Very cool. So I think the order you said was from Disney to Mike Microprose and then to Hasbro. Yeah. And so after ha at what point did you, you know, kind of just wring your hands? I've had enough of corporate life. I need a little more, uh, like say creativity and, and freedom to create things. Was, was there a turning point that led you to Savvy Card or was there some things in before you actually developed Savvy Card? Yeah, there was a big turning point. So when I was at Hasbro, I actually, um, my early career in, in, at Disney and Microprose, I was a game designer and a producer. So I was, I was managing the development of software products. And I, at, at Microprose, I, got, I, I, I was very lucky. I got the opportunity to work with you know, one of the greats in the computer gaming industry, a guy named Sid Meier. And it, it, you know, if people have played computer games, if they've ever played the game Civilization, that was created by uh, Sid Meier. And it's, it's one of the most successful computer games of all time. So I got to learn right at like the knees of the masters there. Um, and and uh, then when I went to Hasbro, I went into business development. And so I was doing IP licensing, you know, licensing, licensing intellectual property for games that we were doing. And I got to be involved with licensing things like, um, you know, Pokemon and um, uh, Magic the Gathering and NASCAR and all these great licenses. But um, while, I was, while I was in business development at Hasbro, they had the URL games.com. They owned it. And they didn't know what to do with it, right? They were trying to figure out how are we going to use this um, commercially. And um, I was, you know, one of the folks that they asked to go out and, and put together ideas for how, you know, games.com could be used in the marketplace. And during my research, I, you know, I stumbled across, you know, it was, this was very early um, um, in, in, you know, where mobile devices were just being used for things other than making phone calls, right? Where right. you had flip phones, where there was a really, really, you know, small monochrome display where you could display things um, and people were beginning to try to display content like weather information. And of, and of course, any device that you can that you can display games on, people are going to start writing, you know, writing games for it. So I went to California and I got to see the early prototypes for like touchscreen phones. And this is back in the, you know, like 96, 97, 98 in that time frame. And when I saw the first prototype for a touchscreen device, which would ultimately become you know, iPhones and Androids and iPads and so forth, like 10 years later, that my mind just exploded, right? Mm. Because I could see how this was going to change everything. Instead of us being tied to a desktop and having to interact with, you know, content and entertainment through a computer, a big bulky computer, we were going to be carrying these devices around in our pocket. And I went back to Hasbro and said, look, games.com, you guys should get to the forefront of delivering mobile content. Like Hasbro had some of the greatest, you know, game uh, properties like Scrabble and Monopoly and so forth, you know, board game properties that would have been perfect for mobile gaming. And my suggestion to, to them was that they needed to get out in front of that and own that space. But they, you know, they weren't able to make that decision at that time. I think they ended up eventually selling the games.com URL and, and uh, you know, it, it, it was frustrating because I could see very clearly that there was this huge opportunity coming up with mobile gaming and, and they had all the ingredients to own that space and then, and just couldn't make the decision. 
And so that's when I decided, look, instead of working for other people and trying to convince them what I, what I, what I believe they should be doing, I want to go out on my own and try to build my own companies. Very cool. It's, so many people have the entrepreneurial itch, but never scratch it. Right. And um, so I think that's pretty cool. So what brought you to the, what's the whole idea behind Savvy Card? What's like the genesis? Well, so websites, right. Don't really work well on mobile devices. Okay. There's, there's, there are whole, you know, industries that are focused on trying to, you know, like stuff website content into you know, uh, mobile friendly formats. And I think everybody at this point understands what a responsive website is. You're basically taking your website and turning it into the columns and then, and then sort of, sh you know, instead of sh showing four or five columns wide, like you do on a computer, you're, you're, you know, you're putting them all on top of each other in a long, you know, a long one column format. And then you scroll from top to bottom through all of this content, right? And it's a, it's a, you know, it's it's not the best format for delivering content to people on mobile devices because your mobile user, they want they want stuff to be fast and easy, right? Right. There's a lot of there's a lot of data that shows that a mobile user wants to be able to get to the information or to the you know action that they want to take in like less than five seconds, and you can't do that if you're asking them to scroll like ten pages deep, you know, ten screens down on a on a on a responsive web page and and so early on after i saw that first sort of prototype touchscreen device i started thinking there's going to be an opportunity to deliver content to these mobile devices in a new way right it's not going to be websites it's going to be something different and now you know the industry sort of understands that 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 different way is something we call web cards right instead of building a website and then sort of fitting it into a device uh, a, a mobile uh, user experience you build a card that has you know links or or buttons or or ways to access all the tools and content from the top of the page right and um and so we you know this was 15 years ago i started thinking about what would a business um be like that was creating these web cards and the first use for a web card that was pretty obvious to a lot of people was you could you could do a digital business card and so um, Savvy Card takes, um, you know, takes data from businesses and creates these web cards. And we're able to create cards for people, for products that they sell, for anything. And then we're able to, you know, work with our customers to use those web cards to market their businesses and their products to consumers through uh, advertising channels like social media, like Facebook. So is web card, um, is it searchable? Um, does it have its own URL? Yeah. Yeah. So you can think of a web card as being very similar to a website, right? It's, it's, you know, you can go to Google, like if somebody wanted to find my savvy card, all they'd have to do is search my name on Google. And instead of me going and building a website, which is really expensive and really, you know, it really, it, you got to put a lot of work into getting the content, you know, put together and developing it. Even if you're using a WordPress template, um, it's, it's a lot of work. It's hours and hours and hours of work to, to get it all pulled together. With, with a savvy card, somebody can go and set up a savvy card in just a couple of minutes, right? And, and so where savvy card really, you know, fills a need is when you've got solo, you know, solo practitioners or uh, individual sales, you know, sales representatives or small business owners who want to create a, a landing page that they can use to, 
you know, to distribute to potential customers by email or social media, or they can use as a landing page for advertising, a customer can come to Savvy Card in and put in their credit card in a couple of minutes, get a world-class branded web card for themselves that they can then immediately start using to engage with customers instead of going through the pain and suffering that you go through when you go to, you know, develop a website. So I did, while you're giving that answer, I did Google your name um, and uh, your LinkedIn profile was first, but then Savvy Card was second. So it's it's SavvyCard.com and then um, like the, uh, it's not a forward slash, like an arrow, David and then Savvy Card. Is that, is that, is that what I was supposed to look at? Yeah, that's my card. So that is cool. it, it's, it's, it's sort of interesting, right? Um, if you're, if you're about personal branding, right? If people search for you by name, Today, it, let, let's say I was searching for Jim Palmer, okay? Now, first of all, I'm going to find the famous pitcher from the Orioles, right? But right, right. Um, if, I'm, if I'm searching for you and Google knows that I'm um, looking at business-related content, right, then they're able to sort of smart match those search results, right? If, um, if, if they know that I'm looking at podcasts about small business, uh, how to make my business a success or whatever, they're going to be able to identify that you're a likely that that I'm likely looking for you and not for the baseball player, right? And um, and so most people who build websites are building websites for their company, but they're not effectively branding themselves. Okay, and I know you have a really good website. I was I'm, I'm on it right now, but you probably spent a lot of time and energy building that website and and cut you know optimizing it for search and everything else and um, if if you had had Savvy Card available to you, you could have signed up for it, and within a few weeks, um, people would be seeing it search and able to find you by name. And I get a lot of people who say, "Well, should I? Do I have to choose one or the other?" And our answer is no, because today, if you search for somebody by name, like you did with me, LinkedIn is using my name to create visibility for their platform, right? And I don't want people to potentially necessarily go to my LinkedIn profile. I want them to come to a, a you know a web page or a web card that I control, so that I can make sure that they're focused on interacting with me and my business, and not you know getting served advertising for a competitor, which LinkedIn is going to do, or Facebook is going to do, or Zillow is going to do if you're a real estate agent. So um, you know, I know something about SEO and ranking and things like that. Is that part of when somebody? signs up with Savvy Card. Does Savvy Card on the back end, like how did your, how did you get to rank number two? I'm sure that's not by accident, right? <laughs> it's sort of <laughs> funny because, because, you know, search engine optimization for a long, long time was about keywords, right? Metadata yeah. and keywords and about inbound links. Okay. And any small business owner that's tried to optimize their website for search has, has probably gotten to the point where they want to stab their eyes out because yeah. it's, so complex and it's hard to understand and there's so many companies out there that'll take advantage of you right so so google over time has continued to optimize their algorithms and and over the last several years their algorithm has begun to uh, prioritize something different which is engagement okay so if you think about it this way if somebody searches for me by name and then they go to my uh, savvy card and they click on it and then they interact with it and they call me or they email me or they look at a video that's linked to my card to learn more about my business. Google can track that and they track that as engagement. And so when somebody searches for me and they see a result for LinkedIn and they click and look at it and then leave, 
and then they click on my savvy card and they spend five minutes interacting with it. Google can see that the savvy card is getting a lot more engagement than LinkedIn is getting or Facebook is getting. And because I'm, you know, that's a more relevant result, you know, from the, from the fact that it's driving more engagement, Google can rate it higher in the future. And so we don't sell search engine optimization services. When you buy a savvy card, what we'll do is we'll put, you know, we'll work with you to put the right keywords into your card, the right metadata into your card. But then all you have to do to get to the top of the first page of Google is use it, right? Wow. And the more you use it, the higher it ranks. And so I've never done anything to search optimize my card, and it's number two. It outranks my Facebook profile. It outranks my Twitter account. And up until a couple of weeks ago, it outranked my LinkedIn profile. And I'm sure that in the next couple of months, it'll, it'll move back to the number one slot. So the, uh, the savvy cards, there's a picture of you with your Batman t-shirt, which is cool. Um, <laughs> is, are the, is the design basically the same? Are there a lot of different designs? Because you've got, what, two, four, six, you've got eight buttons there. Is that kind of the savvy card layout? Or, 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 yeah, so, so the designs are fully customized, right? So I've got realtors who don't want to put their picture on their card. They want to show a picture of like a beautiful home that they sold. Okay. I've got... I've got teams. I've got a real estate team that has three members and they wanted their card to, to have all three of them on, on their cards. Right. So the, the card can be completely customized. Like when you buy a savvy card, it includes complete customization of the graphics. We do that work. You don't have to do it. So uh, one of our consultants will get on the phone with you and they'll say, all right, what do you want to present? Like, what is your brand? What, you know, we can incorporate calls to action on that, right? So we have some realtors who will, who will incorporate the, a call to action that says, you know, call me to get a accurate valuation on your home, right? Or, you know, we've got other businesses that are like, click on my, you know, on my My Sites button to, um, you know, to, to uh, you know, purchase my book or my video series or something like that. So we can customize the graphics, the branding, and the call to action on each individual card. And unlike a lot of templated systems like WordPress, where you can get the template, but then you got to go figure out who's going to design it for you. When you buy a savvy card, we do all of that. It's done for you, right? And so some of the buttons, obviously, there's call, email, your website, profile, social, et cetera. Then there's text. I'm looking at that. Is that somebody, anybody can click on that and just text your personal cell phone? or? Yeah, that's right. All the buttons can be turned on or off, right? So, okay. for example, if I'm, a, if I'm a realtor, it's in my best interest to give the people who want to reach out to me, you know, as many different channels to connect with me as possible, right? Right. Because the, the difference between getting landing a $10,000 commission might be that somebody is able to reach me when they're ready to have a conversation about buying a home. And if they can't reach me, there's a thousand other realtors that they can go and get a, get a hold of, Right. There are other business people like the CEO of a major corporation probably doesn't want to have his text out there for the world to see. So each button can be turned on or off in our interface. And it literally takes a couple of seconds to do it. Like I could turn off my text button right now while we're on the phone. And when you go to use it, it'll, it'll, it'll be gone. Right. Okay. So it's, it's a real time modifiable interface where the buttons, you have total control over whether the buttons, which buttons are displayed and whether, what content is in each of those buttons. So when did Savvy Card launch? So we, we started doing prototypes in like 2011, 2012. And then mm -hmm. we, we, we had to pick a vertical and we, we ended up picking real estate for a bunch of reasons. 
Um, but we launched our real estate product at the end of 2013. Um, and we now have, I think, 170,000 realtors on the platform. Wow. Man, you picked a you picked the right vertical. That's that's very impressive, um, and I'm so on the website. I hope you don't mind me saying this. I'll edit it out later if you don't. But the, so you got pricing, and then there's a monthly fee. Is that for for main? What is that maintaining it, giving you access to customize it and things like that? Yeah, I mean it's the hosting. Um, you know, there's a hosting cost for all this stuff. Savvy Card uses sort of Amazon's uh, hosting services. We use. CDN, which content distribution networks that make sure that when somebody clicks on your card, it loads as quickly as it possibly can. Um, there are costs associated with that. But then our business model, you know, when somebody designs a card with us, when they like get a card and design it, we don't make very much money at all off of setting up the cards. And so right. in order for Savvy Card to be a profitable business, we need to have that monthly recurring fee. And what we what we sort of found is, um, you know, $10 a month, 120 bucks a year. For a lot of people who use Savvy Card, they like get rid of business cards and they get rid of some of their other marketing collateral. And so they're able to offset the cost of the Savvy Card by getting rid of some other costs. And that's pretty, it, yeah, yeah that, sorry, that's go ahead. cool. No, no, I was just gonna say, it's really cool. How, how would that work in a networking environment? You know, a lot of my clients are, you know, small business owners, they're, they mentioned they go to uh, different networking events. Um, and so do they, do people still have the business cards or do they, can you somehow say, here's my savvy card? It's almost like, you know, like yeah. uh, sharing, can you touch your phones and boom, there's my savvy card. Yeah. And that's, that's like, so one of the things that we do going back to the price, like one of the things that the monthly, uh, um, the monthly spend gets you is we're constantly creating video and downloadable content to teach you how to use your savvy card as a sales tool. Okay. And, and one of the courses that we teach is called share and text and share and text, um, share and text basically teaches you how to get rid of business cards and replace them with a digital asset, like, like a savvy card. And whether you use our product or you use some other digital asset, uh, there may be no more valuable way to change your networking behavior than, than switching to a share and text strategy in the mm -hmm. world, right? And I'll explain to you what I mean by that. Um, when you hand out a business card, you're basically giving up control over the opportunity, right? Um, if you've ever been at a networking event and you meet somebody and you think, this is a perfect client for me, and you ask them for a card and they go, oh, I, I, I'm out, I've run out. Can I get one of yours, right? You hand them the card and then you go, you go back to your office and you sit by the phone hoping that they'll call you, <laughs> right? right. I mean, who in the world wants to be like a, like, like a, you know, like a girl sitting by the phone waiting for a prom date to call? I mean, it's a horrible position to be in, right? Yeah. And, and so what we teach is a different methodology. And it, we, we trademarked it. It's called share and text. So, and, and I use this. Everybody and all of the salespeople on our company, we eat our own dog food, right? We use our product and use the strategies that we teach people. And, it, and it's really successful. So what we teach is this. When you meet somebody and you know, that they are a high quality prospect for your business. You want to control the relationship, okay? And so you're going to you're going to change your behavior. When they say, "Can I get your business card?" We're, we teach you 13 magic words, which are, "Can I text you my business card and follow up with you later?" Right? And when they say yes, and 99% of the time they say yes, they've given you permission to start a conversation with them by text message. Right? They've given you their mobile number and giving you permission to follow up by text message. 
And when you follow up by text message after having been given permission, there's data, all kinds of studies out there that show that you increase the likelihood that you're going to generate business from that interaction by over 120%. Wow. I believe that too. David, this is fascinating. I mean, I could talk to you for another half an hour, but the clock dictates all. I would love to get you back in a couple of months. I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated with the how to use technology to connect people and, and do more business. I think you think you got a runaway hit, man. I'm really, really appreciative of your time today. So give, give the website for people who want to uh, go check it out and learn more from you. Yeah, just go to SavvyCard.com. It's S-A-V-V-Y-C-A-R-D.com. And if you're a small business owner or, or uh, you know, a head of a sales team at a large or medium-sized business, um, in the header of the website, you'll see a link for business. Just click on that and it'll, it'll get you into, uh, you know, information about our, our business product, right? If you're a realtor, then we'd really love to talk to you because we've got like 15 to 20% of the realtors in the United States on our platform and we're really aggressively scaling into the real estate space. But we've just stood up our small business and enterprise business product. I'd love to talk to you guys as well. If somebody's really interested in working with Savvy Card, then just search on my name, David Etheridge, all E's, E-T-H-E-R-E-D-G-E, just like Jim did, and just contact me through my Savvy Card. I'd love to talk to you and hear what you think about our product. That's awesome. David, thanks so much. I wish you a great success. Awesome. Thank you, Jim. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with David Etheridge. I really think this is hot. SavvyCard.com. Go there. Check it out. Um, hey, I think we're as this interview will air, we still got about two weeks left before my next event, Dream Business Academy in Orlando, February 13th and 14th. We have about 14 tickets left, dreambusinessacademy.com. But until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.